welcome to the Two World Podcast, where you can hear thoughts and reflections on unique intersections between faith and culture. Tune in regularly for this foray into feelings of surprise and interconnectedness and aha moments in life when two worlds come together. Now join your hosts, Barney and Jacob, for this most recent episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Two World Podcast. I am Barney, and I have the sincere honor of getting us started today. And I am joined here today, as always, with my co-host, and he is... Jacob! And um, today, as we think about um, Thanksgiving, which is less than two weeks away, um, I thought it might be fun to talk about um, gratitude... Um, gifts, uh, things that uh, we have done for others, maybe, or others have done for us um, that left us feeling with a real um, sincere, genuine uh, feeling of gratitude and thankfulness. Um, one of the reasons that I came up with this topic was from a, a post that I I wrote myself in, um, I guess, even back then you could call it a blog. It was on Live Journal. Jacob, did you ever do Live Journal? No, please tell me about it. Yeah, right. Yeah. So Live Journal, I guess it's just it's basically just a blog that you know the people that you allow to to read along, they can they can make comments and whatnot. And the topic that I posted again um not too long before Thanksgiving was asking people things that they were thankful for, but small things that they were thankful for. I think that it's probably a common tradition around a lot of houses around America and Canada and elsewhere um, around Thanksgiving to go around the table or just offer up um, things that you're thankful for. And and the big things that we're thankful for, really, they are common and, and everyone likes to mention them because they really give us so much gratitude and so much joy and fulfillment in our lives, like kids and um, security and food and um, family and friends and things like that. But um, my post was um, thinking about really tiny things that maybe even the person who did them um, wasn't aware of. And um, th- this is not the only direction for, for our podcast today, but just, just to get started, I'll give you one of my smallest examples. Um, I remember that uh, when I was in, uh, for a long time, uh, but especially in high school, um, I had a lot of problem with tri skin just because I washed my hands a bunch. And um, I remember using this uh, this hand lotion, this common hand lotion, and and um, it made my hands a little bit sore. And I just mentioned offhand to my friend, I said, you know, this lotion, it's good, but it really makes my hands sore. I think I'm going to stop using it. And she said, no, no, don't do that. Um, that means that it's working, but just your hands are really dry. And so they need time to, to um, you know, heal and get better. And that was the one idea that the thing, the one little piece of of tiny information, this this real gratitude, sincere thanks that I felt to my friend because you know she just mentioned it offhand advice, but um, had she not said that, I would have still been struggling maybe with these um, really dry hands. And and I thought it's wow, this one thing it really made such a big difference in my life. And obviously you know, she didn't realize that that little phrase, what a big impact it had for me. And uh, when I wrote that post, then it received a lot of um, 
a lot of interesting comments, and then a lot of people reflected on that kind of teeny tiny bit of um, uh, seemingly insignificant um, act that led to a lot of gratitude in my um, in my situation or other people's situations. But um, Jacob, when we were talking about today, you you had a lot of really great and interesting ideas to expand upon this topic, and I'm curious about maybe what's one that you wanted to start off with today? Yes. Um, well, I was thinking of the topic from a slightly different angle, um, but I think the result can be um, also quite powerful. Um, so in your case, the, the surprise of somebody being um, thoughtful and um, helping you out when you weren't expecting it. And in my case, um, it was also about something unexpected, mm. but it's slightly different circumstances. So let me pull up a slide here that I, I have to share with you. And it's interesting. Um, when I was growing up, my parents were, um, were, were pretty frugal with a lot of their purchases. But when it came to certain things, they could be quite extravagant. And I remember it would surprise me um, when that would happen because I was used to this general mm -hmm. practice of frugality. Uh, but particularly with musical instruments, numerous times in my life or for my sister or any time for my mom when she was getting a musical instrument, any time it came to a musical instrument, they seem to have this openness to really get something special. And um, I was learning to play guitar and I remember going into the guitar store and I had kind of gotten into electric guitars a bit. And I saw this green guitar that I really loved at um, Moore's music emporium in mm. um, Bridgeport, Ohio. And I thought, Oh, that looks amazing. And every time I would go in, I would look at it and be like, Oh, I just love the color. And they would get it down and you could hold it and oh, play it. And I, it's like, it was a Stratocaster model, that particular type, similar to the Fender um, with the layout of the pickups and it just felt really good in the hands and I loved its design. And um, I would tell my parents about it. And um, one time I went in and it wasn't there anymore. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, well, you know, it's it was a dream that mm -hmm. I had, but it's mm -hmm. no longer there. Um, mm -hmm. And my parents were just very quiet and didn't say much. And then <laughs> that year for my birthday, I went into our um, family room where we typically would open gifts. And they said, oh, I, we have a special gift for you in the closet. And so I went <laughs> over and I opened the closet and there was this green guitar that I ah. thought was no longer a possibility. Yeah. And I was so excited. And I, and I quickly right away hugged them and thanked them and um, started playing it. And then it became my favorite guitar. And I played it throughout um, the rest of my high school years and throughout college. And now I still have it. And every once in a oh, while wow. I'll get it out and um, oh, wow. the kids can play on it if they want. Um, but anyway, um, in that particular case, I was just so grateful that my parents really paid attention and it, mm. it wasn't a necessary purchase. There were so many mm. other things they could have spent their money on, but they chose to get this item that was special to me at the time. And um, it was an incredible surprise. It was one of those those um, that really get you that you don't see coming. So, <laughs> oh yeah. Um, 
yeah, but maybe I'll, I'll bounce back to you mm-hmm. and you hear that story. Does it, mm-hmm. does it resonate with any experiences you've had with being surprised? Um, I guess you could take it back. If we want to bounce back to small examples, you can, mm-hmm. or, or mm-hmm. however you want to take it. Yeah. Yeah. First I'm curious, um, which, uh, which birthday was it that, that you got that one for? I think it was 16. Oh, yes, yeah. My 16th right. birthday. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> my, my parents did actually did something very similar um, for me. Um, also for my 16th birthday, um, they had kind of established a tradition of um, said of uh, everyone would get like a nice stereo for their oh, 16th birthday. Mm-hmm. That's a good gift. And um, yeah. And, you know, I uh, being aware and being the youngest, I, you know, kind of was marking things down, you know, taking notes here. And then, and then I found a really nice one. They really liked the design and everything. And I kept leaving hints and whatnot. And, and then my parents, you know, it was getting closer to my birthday. And then they gave the kind of typical speech where, well, you know, things are a little bit tight this year and we're just not sure. And then I thought, oh, wow, of all the birthdays, <laughs> of course. Um, also, you know, on the day then, you know, let's go to the living room. And then there it was, you know, wrapped up for me. And it was really nice. Oh, they played that one really well. Oh, yeah, they? boy, because I didn't expect it at all. Yeah, they really, really threw me a curve. And, and that's what really uh, got me off thinking, oh, yeah, oh, that's I guess that's it. But. It's so neat to hear how your parents really put so much um, value in music, and um, and cre- and the, then the creativity that you can develop through that, and and the emotional release that that music gives you. That's really really nice to hear. That yeah, that um, also coming from a family that that really can be frugal about things. That that there are the when you see the things that that they value and support um, in everyone that, that they're willing to really take, take, you know, go, go the extra, put in a lot of extra effort to, to help develop those hobbies and interests and whatnot. Um, yeah. Definitely. But thinking about um, um, maybe another example of uh, maybe unexpected, uh, uh, someone doing something unexpected for me that really had a big impact um, it probably comes from from the the when I was teaching at the university, um, because I was um, you know really fresh to teaching at the university. This was my first um, kind of job that wasn't teaching at a kindergarten, and um, even even during the job interview, which I found out was wasn't typical. You know, the the people in charge didn't necessarily put so much emphasis on teaching on the importance of teaching English um, since it was medical school and whatnot and so it made me feel even more doubt and hesitancy um, when I was getting started and and I really was just getting started with you know making lessons you know a few days before a few finishing them a few hours before class and then finding out that at our university um, the students had the chance to evaluate every class um, after, after you know, during, you know, the, they said, make sure to set aside the last 10 minutes so that students can do the survey. And it was um, a fairly extensive survey that talked about, you know, serious things like 
did it increase my motivation? Did I feel like this was useful for my career? You know, did I, do you know, this and this and this, and then they can rate it from very much so to not at all. <laughs> I had no idea what to expect. But I remember seeing one comment that really caught me off guard. And it said, you know, we really like Martin Sensei's smile. Um, and, oh, that's and, so sweet. <laughs> I know. Because, it, and, and you know, it's one of those things, it, it, it's so nice for me on so many different levels because, of course, you know, smiling is one thing that you just do, um, you know, naturally without thinking about it. You know, you're not thinking, I've got to smile, I should smile, you know. Um, and then the other part of it, the other aspect of it, much, much deeper, is ever since I was really little, I was always wondering, do I have a good smile? You know, mm. should I should I show my wow. teeth when I smile? You know, is this a good smile? How to make it look natural? It was something that for some reason I'd kind of internally struggled with. And then to hear, to read the student say, we really like Martin Sensei's smile. It makes us oh. feel comfortable and at ease in class. That was, whew, that really made me, was really very affirming and made me think that I was really on the right track. Wow. I like that story a lot mm -hmm. because yeah, sometimes some of the greatest gifts um, that we receive are affirmations of things we're questioning or uncertain about. Like, do I have a good smile? Yes, yes you do. <laughs> but it takes sometimes uh, an experience like that for someone else to point it out to mm -hmm. for you to feel comfortable and with it. Oh, that's really, I like that story a lot. Thanks for sharing mm -hmm, that, Barney. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's yeah. so good. Um, yeah. And I think as we're going through stories today, I may have some connectors with that. Mm. I think maybe the next one might be a little bit. Let me see here if I can um, go to the next one. Um, this is, oops, ah. <laughs> excuse me. This is one that um, I found very affirming mm -hmm. and it came at a time that was, I really needed it. And so I think it is, it is a, something similar to what you're describing. Um, so just a little bit of background. Um, when I was called to ministry at Worcester Mennonite, at that point in time, I had served in church ministry before. I had I've gone through a seminary and I had finished a doctoral program, but I hadn't been ordained yet. And so part of the next step then was um, walking through a series of things with uh, our local conference. And I had a pastoral mentor and, and different parts of um of getting more training and uh, learning more about my role that went into this ordination journey. And then at the end of that, there was a worship service where our congregation could formally celebrate me being uh, called and ordained in our denomination and our conference. And so um, that happened in 2014 and I started ministry in 2010. So that was a four year process and it was so sweet when the ordination service came, the congregation had secretly tapped people who were into sewing and quilt making 
and they made this special quilt for me. Uh, Kathy Schmid worked on it. Um, Loretta Bauer worked on it. And when they gave it to me in the service, they said that each of the different patterns meant to uh, convey the idea that there are unique and different gifts within our church. And, um, and also um, included in those are my gifts. And part of that time of presenting it to me was also a time to affirm the gifts that the congregation saw in me as a leader, as one who, who listens and cares about the people in the congregation who has a heart to serve. And it just meant so much to hear that because um, this came after my mom's death, not long after my mom's death. And that's an event that she would have been at a hundred percent. And she was always a voice of support like that. And in her absence to have the congregation um, give me this outward symbol of, of their appreciation. Um, it just really, really touched my heart. And this quilt now hangs in my bedroom and I get to see it every day. Um, and it's just a beautiful reminder um, of that experience. So, so maybe, maybe a little bit of a connection with yeah. the story that you shared and, and, and hearing a word that you needed um, in a oh, time yeah. that you needed. Um, are you, so that, that's amazing to hear all of the thought that they put into the quilt. Um, are you, is, is when I was looking at it, I was trying to imagine um, how, how it and the patterns match up with, with what they described that it symbolized. Is it possible? Is it easy? Do you think to unpack a little bit more about, um, you know, the different pieces of the quilt that they said symbolized? Um, sure. Uh, had symbolism with them? Yes. Yes. Um, so I think partly what it is, um, is the variety of colors mm. and the placement of the colors. So in a, in a often a, maybe a more standardized quilt, mm. the pattern would be more uniform and the, even the, um, the color choices might be more standardized. But since the um, idea that they were going for was kind of like um, um, unity and diversity or distinctiveness, but amidst a common um, inter interweaving, um, you know, of, of talent and interest. You so you have a, a set pattern, and it, it and in a sense, it's a, it's kind of like a connection of different, almost um, they're kind of circular in in a sense parts, you know, and the the idea of like um, that that kind of dance of service, like from one to the other to the other to the other, you know, always differing to the other, serving the other, and the mutuality inherent in that. Um, kind of reflects the mutuality that God designed um, built into how he has gifted the church. He, he wants us to be a community that serve one another. And I mean, if you want to get really theological about it, it's deeply rooted in the nature of God, father, son, and spirit who are eternally serving one another and deferring to one another and caring and loving one another that itself could be embodied in the church. And so you have all of these different patterns on the quilt of this, interplay of the of the different colored parts you know um relating to one another and serving one another um so it's kind of a that's how i interpret it mm. um and there's there was a, a little bit of text that they gave me when the quote was presented and um some of those ideas 
were there too in that in that text as well. Just the, the idea of the diversity of the gifts and what um, how they're represented in our church, but we're all interconnected. So, does that get at your question? Oh yeah, and um, I'm wondering. I'm trying to remember back to um, right at the very beginning of um, COVID nineteen when um, like we weren't able to meet in person and um, we weren't sure how things were going and people were making videos and whatnot um, to try and reach to people. You you occasionally would put, would come up with a reflection on like a Psalm or some scripture and yes. and would play music. And is this the quilt that you have yes. in the background? A hundred percent. That was yeah. intentional. Yeah. yeah. I would, I would, I would film in front of that quilt because for me, it symbolizes connection mm -hmm. and that was a time when we didn't have connection. So we needed to be mm -hmm. reminded that like in the past we have been connected and we, even though it's digital now are still seeking to be connected in mm -hmm. a, even in a season when physically we couldn't be. And so it was um, kind of an, it was an encouragement to me to have it behind me when I would do these messages. Cause it's like, I remember this is what life has been for us. And it's kind of like a commitment or a promise that, we want to keep seeking after that, even in this um, time of the pandemic. And so, yes, I'm, that's, that's great that you observed that. Thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, it's just so nice that, um, you know, it serves so many different functions, especially through symbolism and, and the idea of um, the tradition, um, how quilts are, are traditionally, you know, considered uh, with the Mennonite and Amish traditions and um and it's just I mean obviously they, they probably didn't imagine that you would use it in such a way but the practicality of it to you know the, the idea of of creating warmth and maintaining warmth and and kind of the the sense of being wrapped up you know with mm. you know by the care and love of the congregation too yes yes yeah. that's rich thank you for sharing mm -hmm. that yeah that's mm -hmm. very true mm-hmm yeah. Um, how about for you, Barney? Is there something that comes to mind as a as another connection for you as you you know, hear those themes from my story? Yeah. Um, I I guess um, it makes me think of um, of like the the long journey that you had the the four years that it took. Um, it's not something that I was familiar with that that this could be such an extensive process. I, I'm sure that it, you know, I mean, it, it, it makes sense when you, when you explain it, that it really does that take that kind of um, time to, um, you know, be sure that, um, that this is what, you know, is this really your calling? And then to have the mentorship to continue to grow as you're getting ready to um, lead, you know, lead a church, you know, and, um, I think that maybe it makes me think of, um, you know, one of the, the big things that we're thankful for of um, uh, family and especially being um, parents um, where, uh, you know, you really have that, that lead up time where you're just thinking about, you know, do we want to become parents? Is it what's right for us? Are we in the right spot right now? Um, uh, is it, you know, is it, are we really sure about this? And then as you keep taking these steps and then you find 
you know, even like then your own parents kind of, when they understand that you're getting ready or that they will be grandparents in a way, then they kind of have this mentor role for mm -hmm. you too. And some, sometimes they may say that they want to just, um, stay back a little bit and, um, um, you know, let you learn it on your own, or sometimes they may want to be more involved. And um, that process of getting ready and not quite knowing what you need, what you're missing, what you don't, maybe don't need, um, or maybe something that would be necessary in one culture. Um, like there were some things in the U.S. That, that if we were there, we would probably want to buy or prepare, but that they're not necessarily so necessary here. Um, in Japan. And um, it, it, that all of those people who are helping you and encouraging you and guiding you along the way in the process of getting ready to become parents um, is something that's so meaningful. Mm. And, um, you know, maybe, maybe they might feel it might be overbearing or am I, um, you know, giving too much advice, you know, but all of it is just so, was just so welcome for us. And then, of course, when finally you get to be parents. Um, and that, that journey is one that really is ongoing and, um, that I'm just beginning to, to enjoy, but what a whole gift, uh, wonderful, amazing gift that, that this is, I think. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, that's true. I remember, um, reading, a a reflection called the person sitting next to you. I think it might've been by A.W. Tozer, but I'm not hundred percent sure. I have to go back and check, but basically the idea was the person sitting next to you is such a complex mixture, almost even a mystery when you consider it of the, of an inner weaving a network of relationships and experiences, you know, the, that common phrase, it takes a village to raise a person. Mm -hmm. And I think that that, was the sentiment in this idea of the per the person sitting next to you is this unique, distinct collection of all these different people who have impacted them. And I, that's what your comments remind me of is your parenting is informed by um, that of your parents, which was informed by their grandparents, as well as your in-laws and a whole network of people. And there's a, a, a beauty in that when we stop to think, uh, about all of the care and love and nurture that went into um, supporting us and helping us. Um, and so, yeah, thank you for sharing that. that that's mm -hmm. inspiring. And I think that some, some of the things that I'll share coming up here, will will connect with that too. Um, uh, actually this very next story mm -hmm. is, is part of that. Have I ever talked with you about this before? Does this look familiar? I, I think so. Did I did I share about this on our podcast? Um, that that I don't think so. Maybe okay. Well, um, if if I if I did um, to our our listeners or viewers, um, sorry about that. But but if I didn't, um, this is just a story I've told a lot, so mm. it's dear to me. Um, mm. So what you have here is a picture of um, my two daughters, Hannah and Aubrey, and this here is in one of our homes in Pennsylvania, the house that my grandmother lived in. And then after her passing, my parents moved into it. And after my parents um, went on to be with the Lord, I, we would still go back and visit their home because dear friends of theirs ended up purchasing the properties, mm. both of them together. Mm. And they would 
invite us to come and visit. And we loved that because we could um, reminisce and, mm. um, and think about my, our times there and walk through the woods. But, you know, one of the huge things about a, of a, a place is that it's just not the same when your loved ones aren't there. And, you know, it's, it can be really nice to reminisce, but it's also bittersweet because you, mm. when you go back, there's a sadness about it. Mm. Well, in one of our visits, um, when we came, there were these baskets waiting for us from the friends of my mom. Um, the person who organized this was Janie Williams and her husband is Dave. And that's the couple that bought these homes. They've since needed to sell them, which I totally understand. It's part <laughs> of the journey of, of owning multiple properties. But for quite a few years there, I think it's six or seven, something like that, we, we were able to visit. But anyway, when we came, um, these were waiting for our kids and it was so touching because we weren't expecting it. And it is so similar in the same exact spirit to what my mom would do when our kids would go, she would make them baskets and they had all types of toys and candies and, um, items, games, things for them to do maybe in the car ride back. And they would be waiting, um, for the kids when they had arrived. And I didn't really know that Janie would be aware of that or mm. i don't know quite know all the ins and outs of of how the idea came together but when we came in it was exactly like an expression of care and love like my mom would do the kids were so excited and it really touched me and katie and we just felt very moved and it's been one of those main examples that i keep going back to of of surprise and of generosity and of support that um really nurtures in a time of need like we were mourning still, at least mm -hmm. I was. Um, mm -hmm. And going back home was part of that process. And to go back and have in, in, in a very um, powerful way, this act of generosity in the spirit of my mom coming from her dear friend, it was um, as if God was like bringing mm -hmm. healing in that moment saying, um, your mom may not be here now, but, um, but, you are still being cared for and her dear friends care for you. And, and this is all something that would bring her great joy, just as it brings you joy. And so I wanted to share, um, this is a, one of those examples I'm so grateful for. Yeah. It, it strikes me that, um, in a way this kind of covers kind of both, both aspects of, of the theme. Um, cause seeing this has such a big impact and, and it's just, has such it's just so amazing in every way and it just leaves such a wonderful memory and it has just overflows with how the impact that it has and on the other hand it's one of those tiny things that um you know this friend of your mom's was observant and and knew that this is something that your mom did from occasion and on time to time and yeah she she picked up on that and she thought you know I'll just do that. And of course she knew that you guys would probably appreciate it, but it was just one of those tiny things that was also such a big, great thing. And it's just so wonderful. And I just, I just, I can imagine how it must've felt, but I, but I can't even imagine how it really must've felt just, it must've just been such a big, amazing thing for, for everyone there. Yes, it, it really was. And sometimes in life, the timing of something is so um, perfect and, and needed that it just reaches you 
at a point of, of vulnerability and and that kind of like the comment you shared earlier about the student uh, affirming mm -hmm. her smile like just what you needed at that time and it's a time to pause and and just be grateful and give thanks to god give thanks to the people around you that that you received that then and it was one of those times where it felt mm -hmm. that way um yes um now would you would is there um a story that you would like to share or, or should i share another one what do you prefer oh yeah i'd I'm, i'd love to hear a little bit more okay um, great yeah all right perfect let me go back to this next one then this is something that involves you and your generosity <laughs> yeah, barney yeah. <laughs> um, and i think i've told you this on many occasions but probably i i haven't had it as many opportunities to, to say it to our podcast audience, but um, this picture is of a very special meal during my visit on sabbatical to Japan when you and your family took me out for sushi. Mm -hmm. And I cannot say how much it meant to me that when I was in Japan, you were such a generous host to me having me in your home, treating me to meals, um, guiding me throughout um, the city and various places to, to help me see interesting things and connect with people. Without you, my experience of Japan would have been so limited and it would have been like a, a little shell, a little <laughs> tiny itty bitty, like diminished miniature version that, that couldn't even compare to what it was because <laughs> with that um, support that you gave me in your hospitality. I just felt at home. I felt comfortable and I could really enjoy my time there in a deeper way. So, so um, a lot of my highlights came in these times when I was with you or with your family and I just felt connected and you, and you all were so warm and, and you were also helping me experience new things. And you were there to explain how they worked and, and um, you know, how I could understand it. And, I just thought it was so neat at this restaurant, how, if I remember correctly, that the the different colored plates were partly could help you keep track of the cost of the different dishes. Is that uh -huh. right? And so uh -huh. yeah, that's right. you yep. can very tangibly stack piles and like <laughs> just from the color of the plates, know approximately what your bill was going to be. I thought that was, that was so <laughs> clever. And then just how there's this, this, you know, um, variety of items coming down that you can just take off of the, um, I don't know what would you call that a belt or a, a moving yeah, yeah, like mechanism, a conveyor belt, a conveyor yeah. belt mm -hmm. and you mm -hmm. just pick the the dish that looks good to you, and you know there was plenty coming around, and it was just a great way to enjoy sushi, you know, and and mm -hmm. um, so I don't know, I, I I cannot say enough and thank you enough <laughs> for what you did um, at re supporting me and hosting me during that time mm -hmm. in Japan. So thank you again. Mm -hmm. uh, that's oh, a, yeah. was a real highlight for me, and it was such a like a blessing to be on sabbatical and to experience that it was a, like, it really um, expanded my view of the world and mm. helped me have like a really unique time of apart from my family to experience new things. But then I could come back. And um, when I came back, I could share the joy with them of what that was like and um, give them uh, some yeah. gifts that I was able to collect. And in this picture too, some of the gifts even were passed on through our sister church. These fans yeah. that, are, that everyone are holding up um, are from our sister church. And then you can see on the table, 
um, I don't know if you can see towards the front in the lower uh -huh. left corner there, those are the, um, the cookies from that, <sighs> that special dairy oh, yeah. place that you told me about. And so we went there and uh, you know, people love that food and oh, like, yeah. just a lot of special um, items that I picked up that enabled my family then to kind of taste and, and mm. in a sense and see how neat that time was in Japan. So, oh. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm going to go back for a second. Do, do you have, do you remember this night when we had sushi? Yeah, really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's hard to, 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 imagine that it was that long ago as I see how little Yuma was. Yes. Oh my goodness. Just a little guy. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. But he was so sweet. Like you can see his smile there and he was just yeah. a, a real good sport to, you know, and also be part of the welcoming um mm -hmm. invite me in with your family. And, oh yeah. 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 I remember he always wanted to go whenever we were even if we were just picking you up or dropping you off, he really wanted to go along. It was even if I, I said, no, I can do it. And he just really wanted to go. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, would you like um, to to bounce your way for mm -hmm. a story or do you want to mm -hmm. see it, see another one from me? Yeah, actually, um, if you can, you um, uh, flip back to the picture of, of your family. Yes. Uh, so if if you notice the framed uh uh, character Chinese Japanese uh, Chinese character that you have yes, there yes is um it's actually it's perfect for today it's uh for it could be pronounced as you or um longer as yasashi and it is really for kindness mm. um is what it represents and mm. and I just I I didn't know that you had picked that up and yes it is such a nice thing to have and and then it fits perfectly for today's theme. It that and... came from um, Hiroshima. Um, oh. When I, I was walking around the, um, there was an art shop that mm. caught my attention when I went in, there were two framed um, messages. And I asked the shop owner, would you be willing to translate these for me? When he mm. translated that one, I, at mm -hmm. the time that captured my imagination, I'm like, oh, that's, oh, yeah. a, that's a really good one. And then I think there was another one that you, if you see towards oh, the front of the table to the right, it's just facing, not facing us. But yeah, I think Aubrey. I think it was I think that one is actually gratitude. So I, <laughs> I wish I that that one were were turned um, <laughs> because that would also fit perfectly. But but anyway, but we know it's there even if we can't mm -hmm. see the front of it. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. It it makes me think how you know we've talked about travel in a number of different ways, um, but maybe we haven't talked about. Uh, on this podcast, maybe you haven't talked enough about how um, it really is a gift that goes both ways, um, you know, for, you know, in the physical things of, you know, usually when we visit each other, um, you bring something to the person that you're meeting or, or they give you something or both. And, and yeah, in the intangible ways through um, the experiences and, and like you say, how, um, Maybe we give ourselves um, ourselves gifts by um, uh, either um, pushing ourselves to try new things or allowing ourselves to be encouraged to try new things and have new experiences um, that that might seem, especially when we're going halfway around the world, that might seem mm. um, a little bit daunting or yes, um, yeah, uh, um, or it might make us pause a bit. But 
um, the, these experiences and the people that we meet and the things that we share together, really, boy, that's one thing that I'm always so, so thankful for um, when it comes to travel and hosting people and, um, and getting to, to meet other people as I travel as well. That's a really good point. And I think um, the idea of being stretched and trying something new, there's this um, like a neuroplasticity that I think we have as human beings that when we do something like that, it can give us a fresh take on mm. a lot of other things. Like I know they say, even if you just try brushing your teeth with the other hand that you don't typically use or doing mm. something out of the ordinary that's small, that can even start to kind of ref refresh your kind of neurological patterns a little bit to mm -hmm. see things mm -hmm. a little bit differently, but to go on a trip or experience a new culture or mm. have it, uh, a, a different type of experience like can really benefit you and recharge you. And so um, I was just so grateful in this example of how, when I was being stretched and trying new things, I had like a tether or I had a, a, mm -hmm. a guide like in you that I could say, okay, you know, um, I'm traveling here today. I could you mm -hmm. know, get online and I could text you or I could mm -hmm. give, give you a call and, and say, now, now, no, how do you recommend I transfer on the train or, yeah, yeah, or, yeah. or, or what is, what does this mean? Or, um, and then you would often look out for me and say, Oh, now I see your, the bus is arriving at this time. And you, uh, <laughs> when, when I did the trip to Hiroshima, like you were a huge help in that regard. Mm -hmm. So it was stretching. Um, but it was also nice to have support <laughs> and that's mm -hmm. great when mm -hmm. you can have that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. I really mm -hmm. appreciate it. And I wanted to, um, give another example, unless if you want, had something. No, no, you, yeah. I'd like to hear more of yours. Yeah. And I might be able just for a second to minimize our screens here because this picture, I think our um, side, um, what's it called? Our, how, you know how it displays our little screens yeah. to the side. Mm -hmm. We're blocking Micah's face. So I just oh, no. minimize for yeah. a second. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, this here is something that surprised me. That was an incredible gift and a blessing during the intense period of the pandemic when really for all intents and purposes, we were all relegated to our homes and, and really had um, very little we could do outside of that. And so in this season, the kids and I and Katie were talking and we're like, what, what is something that we could do together that could be fun and mm. light and something that could also be shared with other people. And, at the time, and I guess this is still the case, I'm just a very big um, retro gaming enthusiast I, <laughs> and, and, and even modern games. I just really enjoy mm -hmm. them as part of my free time. And our, our listeners and viewers know this because we've talked about it a lot. But, but I thought, wouldn't it be interesting to do a series about gaming with family? Mm -hmm. Like, What do Micah, Aubrey, and Hannah, and, and some episodes, Katie, think of mm -hmm. some of these old games that I had loved? when I was growing up um, and that have some of them that are known to be classics like um, Mario brothers or, or Sonic or Tetris or Pac-Man. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, we thought, why don't we do a series of videos where 
I'll invite each of the kids to share something that they're excited about in their life. It could be a collectible or a story. And then afterwards we could play a retro video game and get their retro reaction. Like, what did you think? What was it like? Did you like it? Did you dislike it? Um, And so we started um, recording these and we would do them once a week and people were just so kind in the comments and (laughs) thoughtful and um, they just, people were really willing to just, give us a shout out and say, Oh, thank you guys for sharing. We're glad you're doing it. It's nice for us. And we enjoyed recording them. And in some cases, the comments we'd get would be from family members we hadn't heard from in a while or friends Mm. we hadn't heard from in a while. And so it was nice for the kids to hear from them. And we just had a lot of fun doing it. And so this um, is one of those examples. I'm very grateful for that of the gift of family, as you said earlier, and the gift Mm -hmm. of children during a stressful time in life, um, was an immense blessing when we could draw together and, and do, do some fun things that we enjoyed. So yeah, that's one that I wanted to share. Yeah. And I, I always liked, um, being able to, to watch those episodes too. Um, it helped me to kind of remember those games and, um, and it was, it was neat, um, to get a glimpse of, um, how things were, with your family and um, how people in in um, other parts of the world were were dealing with the pandemic too, and and it, like you said, it was so fun that um, everyone had the chance at at first to share something, to do a little show and tell before kind of getting into the um, the game the gaming portion of the videos of each episode, and that it was always a lot of fun to be able to um, to see those and um, hear how those kind of games that we grew up with, how they impacted, um, and, uh, you know, people who are used to watch different types of games these days too. Oh, yes. Thank you, Barney. Mm-hmm. <laughs> D- during the pandemic, I think our conference, Ohio Mennonite conference had the sense that pastors were just like local mm-hmm. congregations under a lot of strain because, in many cases, they were preaching to empty rooms mm-hmm. and live streaming the message to their congregation members. Anyway, long story short, it was very challenging, as we all know, because mm-hmm. one of the core roles of, of a pastor or a person in ministry is connecting people. And when people mm-hmm. can't gather, it's very hard to connect them. And there, that takes a toll. And not only that, um, there was a lot of anxiety around how to respond. Some preferred um, a little bit more cautious response. Some Mm -hmm. wanted more of a a quicker to reassemble response. Mm -hmm. And um, at our church, we felt we need to err on the side of caution because a number of our members um, had um, health concerns or could be immunocompromised Mm -hmm. or there was an Mm -hmm. extra risk in assembling as a community Mm -hmm. and we wanted to be careful. So um, it's just a lot of strain in navigating that. So our conference developed these wellness grants that oh. a pastor could apply for, uh, or, or, um, licensed ministering person. Mm-hmm. Um, and the conference would pay for them to get a little getaway experience, mm-hmm. just them mm-hmm. or th- them and their spouse. Mm-hmm. And so this is what Katie and I did. We mm-hmm. rented an Airbnb in uh, Columbus, Ohio, and we got away for a night and we had delicious food. And in this case, you can see we had delicious ice cream yeah. and just had time to connect. And then the next day coming home from that trip, um, we were picking up a new cat 
And so we double dipped and we did this fun excursion and then we got our cat who we really love. His name's Bam Bam. So it was a very special weekend, but this was not something I was expecting our conference to do, but it was one of those things that really blessed me when this time came, we really needed it. We really needed it because um, we were coming out of the pandemic and we just had not had um, any time really to ourselves away, just the two of us. And the fact that the conference said, we will cover that cost for you. Um, really made it possible. Otherwise, we wouldn't have, have done it. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, this is a um, a huge example of of a surprise that I'm grateful for. Oh yeah, and <laughs> it looks like such a fun place. I couldn't I couldn't guess exactly what where this was, and then to hear how how you were able to put something really special together that wasn't too far away, that was um, you know right in the right um, you know, like you're saying, um, being sure to stay safe when you're not sure if everything's happening, but then just what you needed to get away and then, um, still know that you're close enough that everyone back home is, is, is going to be fine too. And, and of course, um, having something sweet like that really would be so, so nice to, to help boost your mood as well, not to mention a new cat. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, Having having those little small things that that your workplace does for you, or you know, conference and whatnot that that um, really develops, you know, it's watching out for the whole person. That's really it's, it's it's in some some setting it's it's too rare, and and it really is something to really really be thankful for. Definitely. Are are there um, times when you and Ayako have been able to? do something just the two of you that you found were really refreshing? Yeah. Um, not, not as much, um, lately in the past, um, six years or so, but, um, yeah, we, uh, before, before having kids, then yeah, we, we would really look out for each other in these ways. And, um, you know, schedule these little surprise things to, um, you know, to maybe go revisit places that we had enjoyed in the past or try something new really unexpectedly and, um, you know, look, look out for each other in that way. And yeah, that boy, that is really something to be thankful for. And I think that, you know, when, when our kids are, are bigger and, and maybe we can, um, think about it, making it easier to have little getaways too. I think it'll, um, we'll be able to re, you know, look at things in a new perspective and Definitely. see how much joy that we can have from those again. I think that's really true that there are seasons in life where it's harder to get away and seasons where it's easier. And when your kids are young and small and there's that extra level of need, mm-hmm. uh, it is harder. So I, I get exactly what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Yes. It's really neat to think about how close Ayako's parents are and how there are times when that extra support, mm. you know, when your kids can go over to visit with them can be a blessing. And mm-hmm. um, it's um, it's not quite the same probably as a getaway weekend, but, right. um, but having a support network nearby mm-hmm. is, oh, that's probably a huge uh, extra boost to, the mm-hmm. uh, the um, parental 
um, energy reserves. I, I'm I'm thinking. I don't know, but yes. is, do you oh, think yeah. that that so helps? True. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It really does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure if your if your parents, if it were humanly possible for your parents to help out with that, they would in a heartbeat. Oh I know. Oh yeah. Also. Know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they sa- savor the visits when you're mm-hmm. when you're in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when they come mm-hmm. to you, I guess, too, they've been to you. Um, yeah, so, right. Yeah. 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 And actually, they they did make it really possible when um, when we did our podcast together um, oh, over the summer. Wow. And um, yeah. And when I got home, I wasn't sure how things would go, because sometimes Yuma really, really likes, prefers to have me around. But to go home and hear the report of, um, you know, they froze corn and he was such a big help picking it and um, getting it ready. And he had such a great time and it was so neat to hear that. And it was an experience that I always enjoyed when I was little. And so I was glad he had the chance to, to, um, to do that too. Oh, that's very special. Well, thank mm-hmm. you. Uh, I'll also say thank you to Ron and Liz because it was so fun <laughs> recording that podcast. Yeah, oh, yeah. But then what our audience might not know is after know. that, we went down into my basement and played um, NES games for oh, yeah. quite some time. Awesome. Oh, <laughs> that, that was, was amazing. So yeah, oh, Retro yeah. gaming session. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a huge treat. So mm-hmm. I'm very mm-hmm. grateful. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, if I may then. I have another thing to share. Mm-hmm. And this is my final picture. Oh wow. Well. And this is a special Pokemon Lucario V-Star collector set. And um, this was a a very big surprise and a huge blessing to Hannah. Um, She has really gotten into collecting Pokemon cards. And there's a local store called Operation Fandom in Worcester. And for a while, we were going every Friday. And she would save up her money during the week. And she would select the card she wanted. They have mm-hmm. um, a, a number of bins where you can get discount mm-hmm. cards. And so she started there building her collection and then she started getting um, some of the more expensive cards that mm-hmm. she really would save up for, but she saw the set and she said, Oh dad, that looks amazing. I said, Oh, it really does Hannah, but I'm sorry. We don't have enough money for that today, mm-hmm. but we could mm-hmm. save up for it. And mm-hmm. she was like, okay. And you know, she, you could tell she's doing the mental math and thinking how yeah, long yeah. she'd need to save. Mm. Well, unbeknownst to us, there was a really generous couple paying attention, <sighs> standing right next to us, just watching Hannah and, wow. and me talk about this. And so we're kind of still looking through cards, moving on from the conversation. And then, mm. um, you know, off out of the corner of my eyes, I see somebody walking towards us and, and then they hold up this collector set and they said they said um your daughter reminds us of of how we were when we were collecting pokemon Uh cards both the husband and the wife and this family collected pokemon cards when they were young and their son collects pokemon cards and they said when we heard her talk about this set we could tell how much she was um (laughs) she wanted it and was interested in it and and we just want to bless you and we, we we bought this for her Oh, and wow. and I said, Hannah, isn't that amazing? They bought you the collector set. And she said, really? Thank you. Thank you so much. And she was so delighted. And so we came home and I took this picture and got it developed. And then 
um, or I should say printed. Mm-hmm. And then I um, wrote, wrote a card to them because oh. I didn't have their contact information. Oh, no. So I went back to the store and um, the person who did the transaction that day, it was a very unique um, uh, a thing to have happen. So he could remember the details. Oh yeah. And I said, can I leave this card with you yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and you can give it to them. And I wrote in the card to, to the couple, I said, if you would be interested at all in connecting anymore um, or talking anymore, here's my contact information. And they reached out to me and we went back and forth a little bit by text, you know, and as I told them about how she enjoyed, you know, the cards in the set and, Mm. um, Mm. and thanking them. And they were just, they were very sweet people. So that is my final slide. Just when even a stranger or somebody that you don't know does something that so generous um, mm. or, or helps you out or is notices mm-hmm. you or, or is aware, even aware of your situation or that of your child. And, and then they act how, um, how grateful that can, mm. that can make us, how much it can mean, how, how inspiring it can be that random act of generosity. And it, it inspires me. Hopefully someday I can do something like that mm-hmm. for someone else uh, to pass it on, so to speak, or to, you know, also have, bless someone else as we were so deeply blessed. So, yeah. yeah. So that's my final, final example. Is there anything else that you'd like to share from your experience before we close our time? No, that, that last one is so hard to top, um, you know, or, or to, to, to even, um, you know, try to meet um, kindness, the unexpected thoughtfulness and kindness and generosity of strangers is just so wonderful. Um, It, it, your story reminded me of when I was at Cedar Point as a very small child and getting off of the mine ride. And I didn't like it so much. And some young adult, some guy who was probably high school or college came up to me with his girlfriend. I still remember it very clearly. And he gave me um, a penguin, a stuffed penguin and (laughs) to help me feel better. And it did the trick. It really helped me feel better right away. And um, and now I really do like the mine ride and other roller coasters, but um, it's just those things where people around us are observing and observant and step right in at just the right moment. And yeah, I think that I think that it's um, more people than what we know, and maybe some people are just hesitant and maybe decide maybe to stay on the the sidelines. At the, t- at the time being, but I think that, that everyone, I think, has this impulse in them. And yeah, I think really acting on it, it's just such a blessing to when you do the acting and, and to the people that, that receive as well. Yes, oh, I, I agree. Thank you, Barney. Mm-hmm. We are very grateful for you, our viewers and listeners, that you take time to join us as we share. And if you would ever want to pose a question or reach out to us with ideas or topics, we welcome those. And we hope that in the coming weeks as the celebration of Thanksgiving happens here in the U.S. or even examples to be grateful for in Japan or other parts of the world, as those occur that you can feel blessed and feel encouraged and inspired by them. May they be plentiful in your lives and may they continue also to open up doors to to share that joy with others. So thank you for listening. And until next time, goodbye.